Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Tonight to the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. Tonight I'm going to be teaching on uh, Search My Heart, O God. Search My Heart, O God. We're going to be talking about the Word of the Lord. How many know that, I know all of us do this, I just don't even know why I'm even asking the question. How many believe that the Word of God is powerful? Raise your hand if you believe the Word of God is powerful. Amen. It is a powerful Word. It is not just any kind of word. It is a powerful anointed word, and it is a word that makes a difference in our lives, and uh, we need to be able to have the heart, like David did, to say, Lord, search my heart, O God. Search my heart. So in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12 and 13, reads, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Verse 13, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do with whom we have to do. So tonight we're going to be talking about the power of the Word of the Lord. When you pick up the Bible and read it, uh, there's something takes place there. Uh, when you read the Word of God, there is a peace. There is a, there is a strength. There is a miracle of God's Spirit that begins to work because there's power in the Word of the Lord. There's so many scriptures that talk about his word, uh, and we won't go through all of those tonight, but I mean, uh, maybe you could help me out with some thoughts that you had, but the Bible says his word will not come back void. Um, of course, this scripture here in Hebrews, we've talked about that. It's quick, powerful, and sharpening to his sword, piercing, piercing. Anybody else have a scripture that you can think of off the top of your head about the word of the Lord, Sister Toby? Amen. That brings power because the word is the Lord. It's part of him. Yes. Esteems his word above his name. Yeah. Anybody else? Yes. Yeah. Amen. That's the word of the Lord. There's power in that. Anybody else? One more. There you go. That's the word of the Lord. Yes, powerful. But the word of God is so powerful. Amen. And we we all have scriptures that we quote at times and some of our favorite scriptures. And and, uh, there are scriptures that I have heard preached and taught through the years. And um, uh, the power of God's word just continues to speak to us, even at times where we go through a situation, and all of a sudden, how many have had this happen? A word of the Lord comes to us. The word of the Lord comes to us, and all of a sudden, we just it fits for that hour, that moment in our life, and it helps us to be able to get past whatever we're dealing with at that time. The Lord gives us a scripture, and we're thinking, where did that come from? Well, for one thing, the Lord brings to remembrance scriptures for a purpose, but also he also brings, there, there are times that, that the word, whether we realize it or not, when we hear preaching, we hear teaching, and when we read the word, it is in there in all of us. It's in us. 
and it comes out of us at times. There might be times you're witnessing to somebody about the Lord and all of a sudden these scriptures just begin to come to your mind and you begin to speak them. Uh, they're in there. You have the word in you as you hear the teaching and hear the preaching of the word and as you read it, read the word of the Lord. Um, but the Bible is very powerful. It's a powerful book. There is a story that, um, uh, and I, I, after I read this story, I do have a question I want to ask uh, about what word brought you to the Lord? What word, maybe it was a message that was preached, maybe it was a message that was taught, maybe it's a word of the Lord that someone had spoke to you. But the story uh, goes back many years ago, and uh, it is one of the most dramatic examples of, of the Bible's uh, divine ability to transform men and women uh, in, involved in a very famous uh, historical writing of the famous mutiny on the bounty. Anybody ever heard of the, the boat, the, the bounty? So there was a mutiny that rose up on the bounty, and following this rebellion uh, against the notorious Captain Bly, nine mutineers, along with the Tahitian men and women who accompanied them, found their way to a small island called Pitcairn, and a tiny dot, basically in the South Pacific, when you consider how big the South Pacific is, it was just a small dot in the South Pacific, only two miles long island and one mile wide. So it was very small. There's a lot of small islands in the Pacific, and uh, this was one of them. But it was one that was kind of, it was almost forgotten, but it did have inhabitants on it. A tiny, tiny island. And uh, 10 years after, they, after the mutiny, they went to the island and they lived there on the island. And uh, out of this, uh, um, this survival, I guess you could say, survival on the island, they lived their life and for 10 years there was a lot of bickering and fighting and struggle um, matter of fact, um, uh, it said that there was a lot of drinking, there was a lot of fighting, and it had left only one man alive, and his name was John Adams. Only one man <laughs> remained on this island after all this fighting and all the drinking. Uh, but of course, there was also on the island, too, 11 women and 23 children made up the rest of the island's population. So they were trying to survive on this island, and John Adams was a ruthless murderer. He was a, he was a very rough man, and, uh, but it goes on and says, so far this is a familiar story made famous in books and in uh, movies, but the rest of the story is even more remarkable than where the books stop and where the movies stop. And uh, in this incredible story, it goes on about this time that Adams, John Adams, came across the Bounty's Bible in the bottom of an old chest in the ship. The ship was still there at the island, and there was a chest that was there, and he was digging through it and found the Bible for that uh, ship, the Bounty, and he began to read the Bible. And when he read the Bible, the divine power of God that came out of that word reached into his heart, the story says, and, and that hardened, murderous heart that he had uh, on that tiny volcanic island, just a speck in the, in the vast Pacific, a forgotten island, the Bible, the Word of God, changed John Adams' life and changed everybody on that island. There wasn't a lot of people there on the island, but it changed their life. So when we look at this, uh, as he read the Word of the Lord, it began to have an effect upon his heart. And uh, it changed his life forever, the story says. And the peace that he felt and the love that John Adams felt that day and, and the 
later days in reading the Bible, he read it entirely through. And it, re it replaced the old life of quarreling and brawling and fighting and liquor. And he began to take the word of God that he read. It affected his life so much that he began to teach the children there on that island the Bible. And he taught them. And from the Bible, until he taught them until every person on the island had experienced the same amazing uh, change that he had found. I guess, and one of the thoughts here is, you know, a lot of times uh, we can reach adults by reaching the children. So it's kind of an example of it here, right, right here. Of course, there were 11 women and 23 children. He taught the children, and evidently the children began to reach out to the, to the, the women on the island, and, and they had a revival there, just a few people. But the whole island turned to God because of the power of the Word of God. The power of the Word of God is still as powerful today as it ever was. Still powerful. Amen? So when we consider this uh, today with, with, with a population on this island of slightly less than 100, nearly every person on that island is a Christian. But the same thing has happened to us. The Word of God has changed us. The Word of God has opened our eyes to who we are. Now, let me ask the question. What Word actually brought you to a point of making a decision to come to the Lord? Is there anybody that, that remembers the Word that brought you directly to the Lord? Yes, yeah, Sister Lyon. Began a search for the Lord, yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the word of the Lord can bring you to a point of crying of repentance and then crying of joy. Uh, we won't kick anybody out of the church because of that. Thank the Lord for that. We're excited that someone will cry over the word because it's excitement. Anybody else? What word brought you to the Lord? You remember? Yes. brought us to a point of surrender to the Lord. Anybody else? Yes. Yes. Amen. So the word of the Lord has, has had an effect, a powerful effect upon our lives. That's the reason why we're here today. It's because of the power of the word. Because there's something drawing in the word of the Lord. There's something anointed in the word of the Lord. It's the power of God's spirit. And the scripture about uh, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. It's a powerful book. But the Lord can look into our hearts. He can see where we're at. He can, he can open up to us an understanding of who we are and what, what we have with inside of us and what to change. Uh, in the book of Jeremiah, it's a powerful word here in 17th chapter, nine, verse 9 and verse 10. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. Listen to what the word says. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Verse 10 says, I the Lord search the heart. I try the reins. 
even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. The Lord searches the heart. He can get into those places that nobody else can get into. He can get into the places through his word and through his, through his connection with us uh, to be able to search out our heart. And I look at this, he, the Lord, I, the Lord, search the heart, and it also says, I try the reins. You know what reins do is they direct us. They direct the horses to turn in different directions. There's a lot to be said there, more than what I could uh, bring out tonight, but uh, he tries the reins to see, you know, how many have ever rode a horse that was very stubborn? Anybody? Clinton, you rode a horse that was stubborn? <laughs> what, what happened when you turned it to the left? It would go right or go straight? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that horse didn't want to go where you wanted to go. You tried the reins, but that the reins, you know, the, the reins were trying to pull it and direct it in the right direction, but yet that horse was very stubborn and wanted to go where it wanted to go. You know, I look at this, and, and the thing about it, the Lord is not going to force us to go the direction He wants us to go, but He will show us through His Word what we need to do and change, and He will direct us in the direction and give us the the manner or the ways to be able to find direction and guidance and help our lives to find salvation. He's not going to force us to do that. But he tries the reins to see if we're going to go in the direction or not go in the direction. Go back to where we came from. So when we read this again, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. You see, there are two ways to respond to a God like this that can search our heart, try the reins, give us guidance, open up our understanding of who we are and what's inside of us. There's two ways we can deal with this. Number one, you can do your best to, to avoid him. You can hear the word and you can do your best to avoid him. You can try to hide from him. You, you can try even somehow to shield your heart from his sight, thinking that he, if, you, if you hide your heart from his sight that he's not going to be able to see the things that are in there possibly. Um, you can even try to convince yourself that God really, you know, God can't really know your heart. You can convince yourself that God really can't search your heart and know what's in there. Only you know what's in there. You can convince yourself a lot of things, or you could even, uh, uh, or, or you can even uh, think that what God is trying to reveal to you is not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Now you can do that. You can reject the Word of God. You can push the Word of God aside. You you can. Uh, not read the Word of God. You can even choose to not hear the preaching of the Word or even the teaching of the Word. And you can reject the Word and just think, I can do it on my own. Or the other option is, with the Word of God, uh, is to open your heart wide open and say, God, search me. Search me. Search me, O God, in Psalms 139, 23 24, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. You, you can do that. There's two options. You can reject it. You can push God away. You can hide from him. You can try to cover your heart. Hopefully he won't see anything in there. Or you could just say, God, here I am. I trust you. Search my heart. See if there be any wicked way in there and help me to find direction and guidance, and, and help me to overcome. Well, what is the best option? It doesn't matter how much you try to cover your heart and, 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 and try to convince yourself that God really can't search your heart and all of these things. Run away from God. He still knows what's in your heart. It doesn't matter how far we run from God. He still knows what's in our, in our heart because we are His creation. He is God. You see, I, I look at David's life in the book of Psalms and 
I'm amazed at how David treated this. David made some choices before God and he, he, he trusted the Lord. David chose not to be offended that God could search his heart or know what's in the deep crevices of his heart. Uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't even threatened by what may be taken possibly as God's intrusion into my privacy of my heart. He wasn't offended because he chose not to be offended. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't feeling threatened by God because he didn't look at it that God was trying to intrude and make an intrusion in his heart. He was wanting to know what was in his heart and he wanted God to reveal it to him so he could find a place in chapter 51 of repentance of repentance. He knew he was not a perfect man. He knew that there were things there, but he wanted God to search him. So, you see, David, what he did was he praised God that he could search his heart. He even marveled at God's greatness. He wasn't offended. He wasn't threatened. He didn't feel threatened. He entrusted himself completely to God. Here I am, God. He didn't hold himself back from God. He didn't try to hide from God. He didn't try to cover things up from God because he knew that God was not going to hurt him, destroy him. That was not the intention of God, and that's not God's intention for us. When the Word of God is preached and taught, and we even pick up the Bible and read the Word of the Lord, it's not to hurt us, to destroy us. It's not so that God can beat us up with the Word. No, it's the Word of God so that He can help us understand if there's something in there that's going to keep us from uh, going to heaven. He wants us to know that. He wants to reveal those things because He knows what's in our heart. So David said, God, I trust you. Search my heart. That's the kind of feeling that, and attitude that we need to have toward God's Word. Search my heart. Matter of fact, we need to have that, that thought and, and, and uh, the motivating uh, feelings of our heart to, to, to be hungry, to hear the Word of God, and to read the Word of God and study the Word of the Lord. I, I don't want you as a landmark worship center to just only get the Word of God by preaching and teaching. I want you to take the Word of the Lord and read it for yourself. Uh, there are some religions that don't want you to read the Word of God because they want you to believe everything that they say, whether it's true or not true. But I'm telling you here today what Landmark wants, and let me go further than that, what God wants is for us to know the Word because when you read the Word and you put the Word in your heart, then you're going to be able to, to uh, uh, discern what's truth and what's not truth. Amen? The Word of God is truth. The Word of God is the final authority over everything. But David, David in his attitude and his thoughts here, he was just wanting, he wanted God to just come and just search everything inside of me, God, because I want to know, is there something wicked within me? If so, I want it out of there. And your word is going to reveal it, and your word is going to give me direction of how to deal with it. He entrusted the Lord completely. He asked God to search his heart, and he also wanted the Lord through his word, to lead him away from any uh, deceitfulness or sinfulness. Lead me, God. You see, God's word is a true measuring stick. It's true. Um, for a present, I think it was for my 60th, or 60th birthday, Sister Betty gave me a gift. Wish she was here tonight. We could tell her about it. Reminder of it. She knows. 
she bought me a measuring stick to measure fish. It was about that long. And the inch is about that big, about a quarter of an inch. So it gives me an opportunity to catch a fish that is, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it could be two foot long with that measuring stick. Um, but it's not a true measuring stick if you consider uh, true measurements of an inch or two inches or 10 inches or 12 inches or whatever. But we've laughed about that. But God's word is not a fake measuring stick. It's true. It is a true measuring stick. And, and what it measures is an exact account of our lives. Thank God for his word. It has, with, with an accurate measurement of God's design for our lives, a blueprint for our lives. It also reveals the things that we must repair or fix. Those things are hard sometimes when you read the word of the Lord and it kind of hits you right here or hits you right here. <laughs> But it hits you here, it hits you all through your, your soul, your spirit, your heart. And it begins to tell you, okay, this is wrong. And that needs to be fixed. It reveals those things of what needs to be repaired or fixed. Another element is, is uh, it also gives us a way to overcome that and get it out of our heart. But some other elements about the Word of God. You could read the Word of the Lord through every year, maybe two times a year. But if you don't have the element of a desire to obey the Word of God when it shows us what we need to do to change some things, it's not going to do us any good. The Word of God is more powerful than anything else. It can show us what's wrong, what we need to clean out, what we need to do to get it fixed. But if we don't do it and we don't obey it, we're still going to be right where we're at. Well, no, we won't be where we're at. We'll get worse as time goes. It'll get worse and worse and worse. But the Bible, the Word of God, it reveals to us some powerful things to change, not to destroy us, not to make us so down and out and so unhappy and so struggling to the point where we're condemned and we can't even lift our head up and can't even lift our hands up and worship and lift our voice. So, no, the whole purpose of it is to show us, search our hearts, see what wicked thing is within us and try my reins and see, God, if I'm willing and obedient to be able to go in the direction you want me to go, uh, the, the, the heart's desire of the Lord is for us to hear what the Word says and change the things that we need to change in our lives because it will bring forth blessing and help and strength in our lives. Pride is another thing that will keep us in denial when the Word of God is preached and it hits us and pride says, uh, you're okay. I'm not going to do anything about that. I'm just as good as somebody else. You know, when the word of the Lord is preached and taught and you read it for yourself, you know what you really need to do? You need to search yourself inward and not be judging everybody else around you. Uh, that's I know who he's preaching to. You ever heard that before? I know who he's preaching. I know who she's preaching to. I know who they're teaching at. I mean, they've got it pinpointed. If they would just listen, if they would just go to the altar, if they would just, if they would just change their ways, that you know, they could get the things that they need in their life. No, if we would change our ways, when the Word of God's preached and taught and we read it, what we need to do is search our own heart. And trust me, everybody else will be blessed in all of us just focusing upon our own heart and searching our own heart and allowing God and trusting God enough that, uh, Lord, I, I open my heart to you. 
You're not going to hurt me. You're not going to destroy me. You're you're not going to. You're not going to kill me. You just simply want me to get better. That's what the word of the Lord is for. To simply help us to get better in Him. But pride gets in the way, and when pride gets in the way, we start denying, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I might be doing wrong, but I'm just as good as somebody else. But we need to search our own heart. The Bible says, for the word of God, for the word of God. You see, God's word diagnoses the condition of man, and with a surgeon's precision, that word can cut out the things that are hurting us and destroying us of sin, and it can help us to heal. Not only does it help cut things out, but the Word of God is an anointing balm that also comes and begins to bring healing in our lives. Healing. We need the Word of God. We need the preaching of the Word. We need the teaching of the Word. We need the, the, the daily, and I say daily, Bible devotion times where we read the Bible and study it for ourselves. Because there's times that, that the Word, as I'm reading it and you're reading it, we just feel something begin to speak to us, speak to our heart, and gives us some guidance and direction for that day. And there is a peace that comes over us. What a beautiful joy that it is when we feel the peace of God after reading the Word and starting our day off with the beautiful word of the Lord. It's like a surgeon's precision, cutting things away. It lays us open. It lays open the heart and, and basically accurately discerns spiritual health or spiritual disease in our life. We need the word of the Lord. It can also surgically fix us if we allow it. Without the word of God, we will be deceived in thinking that we're okay. Even when we're living in sin, we can have the, the concept that I, I'm okay. I'm doing okay. But when we hear the preaching of the word and it brings conviction to us, there, there's a need for us to Obey it and make a choice to change some things. And out of it's going to come blessings in your life. All of us. Every one of our lives. You see, many, many today are deceived because they don't hear or read the Bible. Their decision is, I can do it on my own. I don't need church. I don't need a preacher. I don't need a pastor. I don't need teachers. I don't even need the Bible. I got it figured out. I could do it on my own. No, we need the word of the Lord speaking into our hearts and showing us what, where we're at, what, what's going on in our lives. It's not just pages of ink in a story. It's not a novel. It's not just a novel. It's, yeah, it's beautiful stories and, and poetic stories, but it's true stories. It's words that God has given to us. It's a gift from the Lord. He's given to us for us to be able to walk in a way of seeing ourselves as we are, and correcting the things that we need to correct in our lives. That's called growing in God. The book of Psalms, listen to what the book of Psalms 119 and 130, verse 130 says. Uh, listen very closely. It's a short verse, but it says, The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. The entrance of thy words giveth, giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Psalms 119, 130. Light. Light. To our heart and soul. The scripture that I read tonight says that the word of the Lord is quick and powerful. Quick and powerful. I looked up the word quick and I also looked up the word powerful. Uh, quick means living water. 
The Word of God is living water. It also says it's having vital power in itself and exerting the same upon the soul. It's living water, the Word of God, and it's having vital power in itself. It also means to be in full vigor. It means to be fresh, to be strong, to be efficient. And the Word of God also, and the meaning of that word quick, is lively. Lively. What a beautiful word that God has given to us. Living water. Fresh. Powerful. Entering into the soul. Full of vigor. Full of freshness. It's never, it never gets old. No matter how many times you read the word of the Lord, there's just something powerful in the spirit of God that comes out of it and refreshes us. It's efficient. It's lively. Amen. So in the word where it talks about quick and powerful, the word of God exposes our weakness and unbelief like this. It demonstrates its inherent power, its sharpness and accuracy. It bears constant reminding that as we submit ourselves to the Word of God, we do it for far more than just intellectual knowledge and trying to find biblical facts by reading the Word of God. It's something that we're searching to find something that's going to change us and help us to grow and help us to be blessed and help us to grow stronger and help us to have greater love and greater mercy and greater, greater strength in God, to be used of God, to get the things out of our lives that are going to hinder us and get things in us that are going to help us to grow in God and get closer to the Lord. Power of the Word of the Lord. It's, it's lively. It's fresh. It's exerting great uh, energy. It's, it's vital to our lives. You know, how many times have you heard the preaching of the Word and, and you hear a powerful Word of God come forth? The preacher does not make the Bible come alive. It's already alive. It's already alive. The Bible is alive and it gives life to the preacher because it's truth. It's powerful. And, and anyone else who receives the word, it builds faith. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing. Faith cometh by hearing. So when we hear the word of the Lord, our faith should be increasing. Our faith should be strengthening, growing. Because when we hear the word of the Lord, uh, I know many messages I've heard preached and, and lessons that I've heard taught from the word of the Lord. It, I, I see that that example in the word of the Lord, I, I began to search my heart and began to latch on to it and God's beginning to open some things up. I open my heart. I'm willing to open my heart and you're, you're willing to open your heart to the Lord and all of a sudden that word begins to speak to us and it begins to minister to us and begins to show us some things. I, I tell you one of the greatest joys of when I hear a preaching of the word of the Lord and the teaching of the word of the Lord and when I walk away from that, I feel like that I have ate a big steak dinner with a mashed potatoes and gravy and, and bread with a lot of butter on it. And uh, I, I've had a, 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 a beautiful meal with a, a chocolate. Uh, it's got to have chocolate with the dessert somehow or another. I think when we get home, we got some chocolate brownies. I believe they're waiting because I think I smelled them when I walked out the door. But when, one of the greatest experiences of hearing the word of the Lord preached and taught is when I can walk away and feel full in my spirit. And it doesn't just end there. I feel like I'm still chewing. Not that, not that the word is a bad steak or anything. I've had bad steaks and you had to keep chewing on it, chewing on it. But no, you, you just it's just something that keeps feeding me. 
it, it keeps feeding my soul, my heart, my mind, and, and continues to speak to me even when I walk out of the doors of the church and go home. And the next day, in the next few days, I'm still feeding on that word. That word is a powerful, powerful book. It's anointed. And I talked about the word quick, but also it says quick and powerful. Powerful is translated active. Reminds us that something may be alive, but dormant. Something could be alive in our lives, but it's dormant and it's not producing something. But we need to get to the point where we allow the word of God to be active within our lives. The word is powerful. It's active. God's word is living and powerful in the sense of being active. It's not a dormant word. It's an alive word. It also says in that scripture, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. You see, God, God's word can reach into our hearts and lives in such a surprising, precision way. It can reach into places in our heart and people that sit on the pew and hear the word taught and preached. It can reach into the very crevices of our life that we can't even reach into. We think we know everything about ourselves. Well, we probably know more than most people about ourselves, but God knows even more than we know. And if we allow God and open up our heart when we come to the house of the Lord in a church service and in the preaching and in the teaching and say, Lord, I want more of you. I open my heart, God. Search my heart. See if there's any wicked way within me so I can grow in you. And he will allow that word to go deep because it's powerful word, deep into the crevices of our heart and soul, even to the morrow the joints and the marrow, get down to the very core of our lives where we can't even get to. Search us to the point where it begins to bring some things out to the surface that we need to deal with and overcome. And he doesn't leave us stranded that this is what your problems are or my problems are that I need to deal with. He also, through his word, gives us methods of how to deal with it. But that's where we've got to be obedient and make right choices to say, God, here I am, like David. Search me, God. And I also not just want to hear what needs to be fixed, but I want to know how I can get there to get it fixed. And the Word does explain that also. And it says there is a dividing of soul and spirit. And there, there's a lot of ways you can explain this, but in the thoughts here that I have tonight, uh, the soul is the seat of the feelings and desires and affections of our heart and soul. It's the very core of our our being, and then the spirit uh, is an influence which fills and governs the soul of any one of us. It, it's an influence of the spirit, the spirit inside of us. And I know we can go so much further with that, but, but, but listen to what this says here, the apostles' meaning behind this. Uh, sharpening any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division or dividing of soul and spirit and to the joints and marrow. The apostle's meaning seems to be this, that whereas the soul and spirit are invisible and the joints and marrow are covered and hid, so sharp and quick-sighted and so penetrating is the word of God that it reaches the most secret and hidden things in man and woman, in all of us. The Word of God can change us and help us to grow. If, if we come to the Lord and we're just this, at the same level we've always been and we're not growing, we need to stop and let the Word of God 
shape us and fix us and reveal to us. Maybe, maybe the reason why, I, I, I do believe that sometimes the reason why some people stay at the same level for many years and don't grow is because they haven't, they hear the word, but they don't allow the word to change them and make the choice to be obedient to the word so it will change them. If that's where any of us are at, we need to stop and go back to David's thought again and say, Lord, I open myself up to you. Search my heart. Reveal to me what I need to do to get help to overcome. Because God wants us to grow and become stronger in him. And I know that some things can be hid and, and deceived. We can be deceived in our own soul and spirit. We can be deceived that we're okay. But I believe that no matter how close, how many, how many years you live for God and how strong that you are in God, I believe that you still have room to grow. And I do too. I don't want to stop growing. I don't want to stop that direction and depth in God that he wants to lead me to. And I know you do too. You feel that in your heart. But God, here I am. Search my heart. Show me how to get to where I need to be to be as close to you as I can get. The word of God will go deeper than we can see ourselves. 2 Corinthians 3 and 18 says, But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed. Are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. There's a lot to, that can be said and has been said in that scripture right there. And if you really dug into that, there is so much there in that scripture alone. I wish we could dig deeper in that. There's another scripture that says in the book of James, chapter 1, 21 through 25, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. I look at that scripture and I see choice. A decision that has been made. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save our souls. And then verse 22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. That right there, in that scripture, but be ye doers of the word. That means I'm choosing to be obedient to the word by being a doer of the word. And not just a hearer only. We can hear a lot of word. But when we get to the point where we make a decision and say, I'm going to be a doer of the word, then things are going to change in our lives. But if we don't become a doer of the word, we're going to deceive ourselves and think we're okay. The word of God wants to bring change. For if any man, or, or verse 23, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Verse 24, for he beholdeth himself and goeth away, or goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of a man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, 
he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. That's where the blessings come from. How many want to be blessed? We all want to be blessed. So in order to find the blessings, it's to not just be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. We've heard tonight some things about a word that came forth that brought you to a point of making a decision of repentance and coming to the Lord. Thank God for the word of the Lord. I remember a revival service. I heard the preaching of the word, but it was before that that I actually came uh, uh, to a point of, of making some decisions for the Lord and trying to find direction from God. And I just, I was, I was wanting it more and more uh, in my heart. I just said, Lord, I don't know how to get there, but here I am, God. And uh, uh, it was actually some, as I've mentioned before, men on the job that was speaking to my dad, the word. And then my dad brought the word home with him to our supper table. It was the word. And then that word got inside of me somehow. It, it got in my heart, got in my mind, got in my, I mean, it went deep into my soul and into my spirit and, and began to, uh, the word began to speak to me. There was power in that word and it began to reveal some things to me that if God came today, I would not be able to go home to be with him. I, I cannot have that. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to, I don't want to be in a lake of fire. I don't want that. But he was, my dad was speaking the word of words that were given to him and it was about the end time prophecy and about what's coming upon the earth. And now we even see it even more so now than ever before. But those that are not only a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word, those will find blessings in the Lord. Amen. I'm going to stop there. Try to finish some of this next week, but be a hearer and a doer of the word. Blessings will come into your life. Peace will come into your life. You'll feel good inside, in your heart, and in your soul. You'll feel so good when, when you take the word of the Lord and you begin to apply it to your life and say with an open heart, Lord, I look into the mirror of the word, into that mirror, that glass, and I see myself as I am. And I, I want to not just be a hearer, but a doer. God, I know that it will change me. Amen? It will change me. It will change you. It will change all of us. What a powerful word that the Lord has given to us. Let's stand here tonight. Let's give the Lord thanks for the word of the Lord. Amen.